Well, hello again. This is uh, Father Tom, and behind the curtain, and we like to uh, look what makes the church run and those who make it run. And today, I'm very blessed to have another young priest. That's right, a young priest. They're hard to find these days, but I got him. And this is Father <laughs> Benjamin. You go by wait for Benjamin or Ben? I prefer Benjamin. Benjamin. It's a nice yeah. name. Very Thank biblical. Lernitz. Leonard's. Leonard's. Yeah. Thank you. I You're should right know there. that before I started the podcast. But anyway, <laughs> Father Benjamin. And how many years you've been ordained so far? Been ordained for seven years. Seven years. Wow. Seven years is past May. Past May. And mm-hmm. how old? How old are you now? I'm 35. 35. So you ordained when you were 28. I was ordained Am at 28. Right? Yep. I uh, entered seminary at 20. Wow. I was ordained when I was 28. I'll be darned. Yeah. That's what's why uh, what's your anniversary? Uh, May 21. Okay, I'm the 25th. So okay, we're yeah. we're pretty close there. Oh yeah. But, when I was Memorial Day weekend, usually in the diocese of Orlando, ours wasn't. Right? Yeah, ours wasn't. Okay. And sometime, I don't know how they figured out, but May 21, I had to think twice there. <laughs> I was forgot. Because <laughs> May 23rd, was a deacon, and May 21, I, you know. And how many years do you have? Uh, I'm in my, I completed 37. Wow. Yeah, don't say So I'm seven way. and you're 37. How do you like that? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it goes quick. You've been, you've been a priest longer than I've been breathing, Father. Wow. Yeah. Rub it in. That's all right. Huh? <laughs> hey, look, we're just trying to get where you're at, man. That's you know, it. it's, it, I think it's funny in our culture. We look at age as like this, this offensive thing or something. Right. But it's like, you've got all these experiences and, and the wisdom that comes from that God, please. Right. You know, that, 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 that becomes a, a source of knowledge for other people. And, yeah. you know, a, 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 there's like a reliability and something that's, that's really been lived and tested rather than, I mean, I, I think it's uh, there's something, uh, novel about right the the young priest he's new he's shiny he's, yes you know perhaps uh relatable to a, a younger crowd and that's definitely. really valuable to the church oh, definitely but, i mean without uh without some some pillars to lean on uh the young the young buck is a flash in the pan <laughs> yeah well i wasn't quite ready to be that <laughs> it's like well, you, you know people say it all here all the time how quickly time goes when you're sure. yeah yeah right right all of a sudden you, you went to bed, you were 40, you wake up, you're, how old? What the heck did it go? It's crazy. <laughs> you know, What's going I, on I, here? You know, it's, uh, my only frustration getting old is like, you're getting a, you're finally learning it and it's coming to an end. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that part, like finally get yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and anyway, but. Uh, I, it just reminds me, I was, I was, uh, it was like a few Christmases ago. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, actually my pastoral year of seminary. So man, I was in Daytona like 10 years ago uh-huh. and, uh. I had family come visit me, uh, my mom, my stepdad, my younger brother, and we all had Christmas together at the rectory. And Father Tim had been around. We had a great time. Got in the car, went for a drive down to Satellite Beach, where, of course, I went to Holy Name of Jesus That's in high right. school. And where you were our parochial vicar. So whatever I was, That's right. that yeah, thing. Whatever you know? the word is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Father Tom was our priest, you know, yeah, and uh, you and Father Page and um, some other guys came and went. And... Um, we were driving around and I, I just, I remember we were talking about family stuff and Mimi and grandpa came up, my mom's parents and, uh, talking about, you know, what are the next years going to look like for them? And, you know, how do we help care for them as a family and all these things? And, um, they're still living with us in, in the villages now. And, uh, I just remember, you know, they're, they're like right around 80 now. And so they were like 70 at the time. And, um, I said something to the effect of, um, well, I mean, now that they're old, you know, and then I kind of, you know, and again, like for me, it was just like, okay, are, are they at the beginning in the middle or at the end of their life? Yeah. Right. Are they young? Are they middle-aged or are they old? Right. Mm-hmm. I, 
and again, I, everybody kind of jumped down my throat and say, don't you disrespect them like that? And oh, I was yeah. like, they're our grandparents, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah. like they're, they're in their seventies now. And you know, today yeah. they're 80 and, and it, it just, it was kind of funny to me wow. that we would, we'd cast such negative aspersions on a, the number of years that we've lived. Mm. Um, and my, my stepdad had this great story. He talks about, um, one of his young granddaughters, um, coming to wake him up in the morning and talking. And, mm-hmm. um, he, he said something about, you know, when you get old, like grandpa and whatever. <laughs> and she said, grandpa, you're not old. You just have a big number, <laughs> you know, and, and like just, you know, out of the mouths of babes. Oh yeah. We don't do well with aging in our society, but if you want to give somebody a compliment, you can work either two things you could tell somebody. Did you lose weight? <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. And then when they tell your age, you oh, you don't look it. <laughs> you don't look it. Yeah. And that's oh, people love to hear that. Yeah, you know yeah, that? Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. kind of do that sometimes, you know, jerk. Like You're kidding me. That's gonna be huh? the case for me. And people are when I tell people I'm 35, they're like, mm, uh, yeah, I wasn't gonna guess that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Okay. Now you your your dad was in the military, was the Air Force or it was the Air Force, yeah. Okay. So where were you? You bounce around this country? I bounced a lot. People ask me where I'm from. Yeah. I say America, and they think uh-huh. I'm being a... Wise guy, huh? Wise guy, yeah. yeah. Hey. No, I said, listen, I was born in South Dakota. South Dakota, woo. Moved to Omaha, Nebraska, Cheyenne, cold, Wyoming. Cold, cold. Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, Big not... culture shift. Wow, right? uh-huh. Uh, we lived in Woodbridge, Virginia, while Dad was stationed at the Pentagon. Pentagon? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. There's a lot of people that work there, though. It's not like But a, still, leave it at that. It's like saying you're a priest, you worked at Vatican. You know, like, whoa. <laughs> hey. Yeah, oh, my. Uh, so we moved to Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. And then Satellite Beach. Favorite so, place, a favorite state out of all these you mentioned? Location-based, Colorado. Colorado. So beautiful. I just got back from there. I spent a week with my dad and, okay. and uh, my stepmom. It was fantastic. It was just beautiful. Well, good. Yeah. And where does Satellite Beach uh rate? Satellite Beach, what kept me in Florida was the community over there at Holy Name. So you how know, old were like, you when you came to Satellite Beach? Uh, that was 2000 and I was 15. Oh, wow. So you were in high school. Yeah. I was a sophomore in high school. And wow. um, youth ministry at the parish was kind of up and coming. And, oh, with Julianne. Yep. Yep. Julianne Ferreira, now oh, Walker. Oh, she is. And uh, Changed the face of the of the parish. Yeah. She really did. Yeah, it's. I mean, people want to talk about. Um, you know, Pope Francis keeps bringing up. You know that we need to have more women in leadership in yeah. the church, and I'm going. You know, I've seen where there was a. To me, it's not about what a person's gender is or how old they are. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, are they bringing an authentic encounter with the living God uh-huh. to other people? Uh-huh. And that's what Julianne was doing. She was pointing us all to holiness and yeah. saying, like, your call is to become a saint. Yeah. So if you're not doing that you're not really trying to follow Jesus wow. and he that's that's going to be a life that's going to bring you so much joy you can't believe it and it was it was in that there's something very attractive about that I think mm-hmm. especially as a as a young teenage guy yeah and on a side holy name at least a few years ago we're producing vocations that's I right mean, I mean it was like more than some diocese would have just as one parish it's true and people always try to talk about well what do you attribute that to and different reasons mm-hmm. adoration chapel i said no, other p- churches have adoration chapel uh-huh. again only from the sort of the outside i would say it was because of julianne i believe she was the force because she had a great respect and love for priest mm-hmm. and the eucharist and the mass yeah and that, i think that rubbed off i probably affected you i'm sure and others who tried absolutely thought, absolutely you know, am i, I mean, right um 
I think between Julian and the core team, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. say you can't have good youth ministry. Well, I mean, uh, and right. I mean, yeah, Julian's kind of the, she's the, the one the that one bringing those people together. That's but right. Think about Margie and Lance yeah. and Nicole. And they all kind of share that spirit though. KJ and they're on the others, same page. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, this is what we are. This is what we Tom do. Broom and so yeah, many crazy. people that, that were great influences for us, uh-huh. you know, and, um, that, that journeyed with us. And, you know, I mean, people who are really wonderful and love the Lord and, mm. um, and let you see their own imperfections, mm. you know, and that, that it was okay that you didn't have it all put together. Right. Right. You know? But yeah, I mean, Julian, I think was a, was a huge catalyst for conversion for a lot of us uh-huh. and that affected our families. I know it, it profoundly affected my whole family. Oh, good. And I think, I think probably the, like the parish retreat at the time it was Christ Renews' parish mm-hmm. that had a, and the adoration job, I think between those things. Oh, a lot. I mean, yeah, it's hard to but, sing out one but yeah, thing. But yeah, 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 yeah. There was, there was a lot of confluence there where the right. Lord's providence was just becoming manifest. Beautiful, beautiful. Now let me go backtrack. So I didn't realize you came to Satellite Beach when you were 15. That's right. And you're a baseball player. Yeah. So this is before you come into Florida. Baseball was your... Uh, oh, baseball was my first passion. Yeah. My first love. Yeah, I, I just thought you grew up in Florida. I I didn't know when. I every, every year it gets blurred. So I thought sure, sure. you started young and baseball year round. But really, you were a ball player, right? So and, and it was moving around like that. Baseball was home, wow. you know. And uh, you know, there's some some fun like word games to play there with you know home base and all uh-huh. that, right? Home plate. Oh yeah. Um, but I found every time I moved to a new community, yeah. which for a, a kid is pretty traumatic. You I know? imagine I mean, it like would you, be, yeah. You lose everybody in your life, minus your family. They're still there. God, please. And then you arrive to a new place. Everything's new. You oh know, boy, you've got new yeah. teachers. You've got new classmates. You don't have any friends yet. And it's like, oh man, nothing is familiar. But baseball was always something that I could show up and I could be good. Do well enough, and, right? And, and that made you likable amongst your, some of your Sports peers. Sports speaks. <laughs> if you could play ball, I mean, but, but that's, it was help. It huh? helped a lot. You oh, know? definitely. And, so baseball and that, was that your helps way. build relationships. Yeah. Shared so baseball, interest. Yeah. Baseball was, was a huge thing for me. My Still whole, love it, don't you? My whole upbringing. Yeah. I just watched uh game one last night. Okay. Watched the Rays. And kinda, in your ministry, uh, you uh, helped at Bishop Moore, the baseball team yeah. in the high school. Yeah. That's right? one of my, one of my favorite things, you know, it's like, I'll take, um, you know, just a, one of my workout time slots during the week when I got to take care of myself because nobody right. else is going to do it for me. Say, uh, let me go get a workout with the the guys over the baseball field and I'll drop in on a game or a practice and, um, talk with the guys, pray with the guys, mm. um, you know, have a little, little Bible study on the side and, wow. and Oh, by the way, we'll get to go out and take some batting practice and field some ground balls and, Wonderful. Using Sling it, as it around a, t- a little bit. Using it as a tool, as an instrument to... Uh... Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, like, get out there and uh, a lot of those young kids, they're like, why are, why are these upperclassmen excited about this priest coming to our baseball field, you know? Uh-huh. I'll be walking up and the guys are calling me out. Hey, guys, what's up? You know, and I, yeah. I'm excited that they're excited that I'm there. That, yeah, that feels sure. good, you know? It's affirming. Yeah, well, and it's... I'm, so, so it's a gift for me and my priesthood. And, you know, I mean, like the players and the coaches really seem to enjoy having me around. So it, it's a uh, it, one hand washing the other, you know, it's how it should work in the body of Christ, you know, is building each other up. And uh, the freshmen are kind of looking around going, who's that? Who is that? I'm like, what's he doing here? Why? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and they're like, oh, Father Ben's going to come out and do some things and teach a little bit of this and practice with us. And they're like, he's going to practice with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I start launching some home runs of batting practice. Right? And, and they're, they're deep? immediately put on notice. Oh. And, and they're like, oh, 
I was about to ask you that you did you take batting practice with that you did. He still got some game that old priest. Wow, huh? <laughs> still get around the fastball. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's batting practice fastballs, but doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, it doesn't matter. Now, come on, now. <laughs> yeah, for, I would say for being out of practice, I still got a little bit of game yeah, left. I mean, it's still a complicated, it's fun, you know, a complex game. It's not, you know, it's a heck it's of a not, lot of fun. It's not just shooting foul shots, hitting hitting a baseball, hitting a deep. It's that's fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the coaches are happy. One, you know, you know the game, so mm-hmm. it's not like you just, you know, hey, follow the please, you know. Yeah. So they were happy to have you, and plus, again, a priest doing that. It just multiplies the effect. It's, it's something about it again, you know, whatever a priest does, you know, we get a lot of credit for it. It doesn't matter, you know. Sure. If you, you do something it, good, it's, it, it's phenomenal. It's if you phenomenal, do something bad, right? you're the worst person yeah, in the world. It, it works both ways, but a <laughs> it's priest. It's a big magnifying glass. If you just talk to a little, say hi, wow, the priest, you know, right? Yeah. If this is someone's mother, wow. Mm. I, I mean, the simplest things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, I should say it's a blessing at the same time, but you mess up, it carries that as well. So when did you first get the idea about becoming a priest? How did that come about, the idea of a vocation? Because you didn't go to Catholic school, right? No, Grade I, school, high school? I, my first day in Catholic wow. school was at St. John Vianney College Seminary. Imagine Miami, that, huh? You know? I always, uh, think they, I always thought, you know, a Catholic school is the breeding ground necessarily. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But here you are. No, I joke around with people. I say, uh, you know, I went to public grade school, public high school. Maybe I would have gone to public seminary, but I don't have those. So. <laughs> yeah. So when did this seed get planted in you? What was, it, was the- it was definitely during those those years of youth ministry at Holy Name. Any and, particular uh, year in high school? Would you uh, say any time? Right, can- right around like my junior year, I think. Junior year. Okay. Um, is when the seeds started to get planted. And I had a lot of a lot of opposition to that idea. You know, it's like I don't I don't think this is really for me. Like you, I've got plans. You know, please don't mess with my plans. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I remember people saying, uh, well, look, I mean, like if God was calling you to it, you, you wouldn't want to just shut that down right away. Would you? And I was kind of like, well, I guess not. You know, I mean, if, if the almighty knows something that I don't yeah, know, that- like maybe I ought to listen to that. And they're like, that's all this is. They're like, we don't have an agenda for your life. Although we think you'd be a good priest, Yeah. but we're just asking you to pray. Would you just pray about it? And it's kind of like, well, I guess I could do at least that much, you right, know? Right. Right. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really understand what the priesthood was. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was like trying to discern, I, I don't know, something I have no experience with. I don't know. Um, maybe being like a theoretical physicist or something, you know, I don't have any, you know, oh boy, should I do that or not? Well, I, I guess I better take like an intro to physics and just mm-hmm. figure out, uh, what that's about. If, if I'm even interested or if I have, you know, the kind of facility to do that. Um, so yeah, I started praying about it. I started asking a lot of questions. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I gave all my objections right up front. Well, here's why I wouldn't want to do that, right? First, it was my plans, right? I was I was on track to try and score myself a baseball scholarship and and hopefully play professionally someday. Um, I still think that if I had kept my passion for the game and totally applied myself like I had been up to that point, that that would have worked out. Major leagues. I don't know. Good about, chance. I don't know about that. Pos- possibility. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go that far, but I think okay. I, I think I could have gotten drafted and played. Um, if that had been my continual That's what focus, you to do. right. Uh-huh. But it was right around college when I was starting to play division one, that my, my passion for the game was kind of overcome by my faith and it baseball college athletics at that level asks for everything. Yes. Right. It wants all of your time and attention and focus and energy. And I'm like, I'm here on academic money. So I got study tables and stuff. 
uh, I, I just want to go to Bible study, right? Like I was going to Sunday mass, you know, like I had enough time to do that, but I didn't have time to go to daily mass and I wanted to do that. Wow. I didn't have time to make a holy hour. I wanted to do that. Whoa. I, I didn't have time to go to Bible study or, or do any of the like campus ministry related activities. And I wanted to do those things. And so I would be, it was the first time in my life that I was at a baseball field and I had somewhere else I really wanted to be, Wow. you know, because by that time from that, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year in my freshman year of college, my faith had really become my own. Mm. It really uh, kind of become wow. something different, you know, and. Yes, it is. It's interesting because quite often when one goes away to college, they goes their uh, faith practice. Right. You know, I mean, normally they're free and now they're going to live a different, you know. Uh, Mommy you know, and daddy aren't there to drive yeah, you to church anymore. And, and just try different things. Just right. part of growing up. You experiment, try different things. and, and But you was just the opposite. Yeah. You cannot serve what a but God and baseball. Almost that, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was almost that like baseball wanted to own you. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, I, I mean, it, it really was kind of presenting itself as a sort of idol. Yeah. You know, in my experience. I, and maybe it's not like that for everybody. And uh, But the Lord was certainly moving my heart in a way that it was like, this isn't going to be the thing that makes you happy. I went to college knowing, okay, I got four years. Right. I want to figure out what to do with the rest of my life after these four years. I'm not here to just chase a game. I'm not here to, I don't know, go and mess around with girls or like I need to figure out what's going on for the rest of my life. So you went to college, college. College way too expensive to just go and have a good time. Yes, yeah, so you went to college using baseball to get you, you know, you pay off your bill, uh, I guess tuition. Is that it? You know, I didn't I didn't have baseball money. Okay. I was a walk-on a walk in that on. regard. Oh, okay. Um I wanted to play at the highest level. Right. And there wasn't scholarship money available for me at that level. Okay. And I was okay with that. I said All right. just get me on the field and let me compete with these guys and I'll I'll do fine. I'll I'll earn my scholarship money later. Um, but at the time I had enough grades and I had some family who'd gone to the school before. So I had, I call that, um, not generational money, but, okay. uh, like, a legacy, legacy oh, scholarship, okay. All right. stuff like that. I got a presidential scholarship from the university, plenty of money, you know, to bring it from out of state tuition to in-state tuition, mm-hmm. um, you know, grants and loans. Right, and things. right, right, right. Okay. okay. We'll take care of this, you know? And, yeah. uh, but yeah, it just, it wasn't. It wasn't okay. where my heart wanted to be anymore. The Lord had a hold on you. That's it. He did, huh? Yeah. And so you decided then you left to go to the seminary and priesthood, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I quit baseball that first year of college. Um, and I was, I, I was, it was clear as day to me that this is what I needed to do. Yeah. And I remember going and telling my coach, and I was still crying my eyes out because it was such a huge transition. It was a massive mm-hmm. detachment that was happening. And so... It's still a game that I love, right? Yeah, right. So it wasn't that I was leaving it because I hated it. It was because I loved something else more. Yeah. But I still loved it a lot. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. it was really easy to make the decision. It was really hard to follow through wow. and go to the coach and say, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk. And uh he was kinda like, Are you sure? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, exactly. He, he said, uh, why don't you take a take a week off of practice and like let's talk. Yeah. I was like, you know what? That sounds pretty good. I took ten days off. I got to get involved in all the other things that I wanted to get involved and in. And then that was, that's the I went the back deal. to him, I was like, hey, coach, you know. That's it, huh? Thanks for the opportunity. Wow. He's like, if you ever want to come back. So like Matthew, you, walked, Matthew leaving the tax, his tax collecting booth in a way, you know? Yeah, like, You just yeah, pulled yeah. away, you know, it's my life. I never life. thought about it like that, huh? but. In a yeah. way, that's you. I pulled away. This is nice. But leaving the fish, you know, the boats. Right. Bye, dad. I love fishing, but yeah. something great, I got to be called. Now, I know my own. Well, it's a little scary. Right. Like ah, I, I talk about it now. Sure. Like it's no big deal. Um, because 
I've gotten to enjoy all the fruits of having made that decision. But 15 years ago, you know, 16, 17 years ago, that was one of the hardest things. That was absolutely the hardest thing that I'd ever done. Well, let's just say um, you leave and... Uh, you go to seminary and, and you that didn't work it. out. It's the worst. I mean, and, I gave up baseball. Yeah. <laughs> you're kidding me. Yeah. I could have played baseball uh, and I thought this was it. I'd be up, you know, like, oh you know, man, Lord. That was, that was a great thing. Somebody <laughs> said to me, uh, in fact, the vocations director yeah. of that diocese up there in Indiana, his name is Father Brian Dorr, uh, was a huge help to me in those years. And he said, you know, the thing about being... 18, 19, 20 years old, uh-huh. is that when you're that young, your life can turn on a dime. Mm. And he was like, if you go to seminary, it doesn't work out. He goes, you're still 20 years old and in great shape. Like the coach told you, like, just That's come right. back. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, like, why not go and try this? I've okay. tried everything else. All right. I tried chasing down the things I wanted to study in communications and I tried yeah. baseball stuff dated a girl that was very serious about everything was going great in that way. Yeah. You know, and, uh, just said, you know, I got this other thing that I need to go and try. And, uh, I was trying to help people discern by trying things. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a lot easier when you're in college. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but even, even for people who are, you know, young professionals living in the world, Hey, look, you know, like, would you rather, um, stay in your current profession? Mm-hmm knowing that you could potentially be missing out on this amazing vocation yeah, and you didn't even really go give it a chance and have to live with that for the rest yeah, of your life beautiful. or go and give it a shot. Yeah. And maybe it turns out, maybe that that's your vocation and you, you're like, man, I found it and, yeah. and uh, it's fulfilling and yeah. Or, or you go and try it and you find out with great clarity, this is not it. You think that there's like just never going to be another job out there for you in the world yeah. or like that God's not going to bless you for having been so generous with you them. Cannot, give you cannot right. be blessed. more generous than that's God. Right. That's right. I, that's right. I have a great respect for those, the young priest today, you know, because they come usually talented, different situation, yet they give their life to the Lord in this church that's really in a, you know, wow, you know? It's I mean, when I went times. to the seminary, even my guys, my class, we weren't giving up much. Most of us came from New York City, living in an apartment, sharing a bed with your brother. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the seminary wasn't up. It was, a, you know, it was a step up. You kidding me? You know what I mean? Huh? Little projects that you know, were one of six. It wasn't like, oh, it's a great sacrifice here. I went to seminary. Wow, there's trees. We had a lake. This is wow. We had a baseball field on the. You know, that's how a lot of guys were. I think. Yeah, families. sure, was, sure. Yeah. But now, you, you know, people, you give up that wow. up. And even the priests we have, some had great professions already established. And man, they, you know, it's uh, really making those great sacrifices. But even as a young priest, I was pitching myself doing things. You know, I thought I'd be a missionary in Africa or working in, yeah. a, in a city. Or, or You have a vision of yourself as a priest that you see yourself, that's what I like to be doing. Or pitch yourself oh, man. in a ministry like, here I am, I'm working you have a picture of yourself? Yeah, uh, I think, I think, it, I think it, it changes. There's like kind okay. of seasons for that uh-huh. in my mind. Like uh, in seminary, I thought like, don't assign me to a parish. Just let me go from place to place like a missionary in my own diocese, right? And just go and kind of start some fires right? and do some things to people. And I was like, like now having lived as a priest, I'm like, I don't, I'm, I don't think that would, you know, really last for me or, or the work that I would do would be sustainable. So I was, I was glad to have kind of grown out of that phase. Okay. I think as a, as a young associate, um, I really wanted to be a pastor, um, eventually. And of course now I am. Right. Uh, and the, the idea there was, I want to be able to 
help lead a community and kind of set the tone for the culture of the community, mm -hmm. you know, and, and be able to help alongside the people develop a vision that we can all buy into and share in and have responsibility for and accountability for yeah. and, and really build the kingdom of God, you know, know. And, and make this, this community something that is really going to be special and fruitful and find God. And, uh, and what's, what's funny is like now I'm, now I'm a pastor, but I'm also in vocations and I'm helping oh, yeah. out with campus ministry at UCF oh, and a lot of hats. Uh, there's some other little, you know, fun things. And so it's great at the moment. I don't have any associate pastors, so that'll come in time and that'll be great when it happens. I'm not like rushing for it, uh -huh. but, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm sort of feeling the pinch a little bit. Okay. You know, it's like, I'll tell you what's funny though. Going on. You know what's funny? Yeah, yeah. He became a pastor, and two weeks later, the pandemic set oh, in. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. I mean, as much as you like to be pastor, it, it's, it is it is a great adjustment. You don't realize, and all of a sudden, it's, you know, you're the you're the one. Yeah. You set the tone. I mean, I mean, <laughs> and you pastor, set the tone for nobody because yeah, everybody right. went home. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least for those two weeks, you're the one. And yeah, you're just yeah, adjusting yeah. to that, and, and all of a sudden... It's closed down. Bye bye. Wow, you're doing okay with the pandemic? Uh, yeah, I'm making it. It's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's the weirdest uh -huh. way to go through that kind of transition. You know, yeah. I, I joke around. I say, you know what? I, I knew that I was going to have to give up my parishioners at Holy Family. Yeah. Uh, as I moved across town, and I would kind of grieve the loss of uh -huh. being regularly involved in their in their lives. Uh huh. Um. But I didn't think that I would also be giving up my St. Joseph's parishioners so soon, <laughs> yeah. you know. I think, you know, uh, so it's, it's, I think uh, it would been it's nice. Been crazy. If you could have been a pastor there for a year at least, right? Sure. And then you have to shut down. Sure. That allow you to review. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because once you start, hey. you can change anything you want now. You yeah. know that it takes it. Sure. It's like a timeout. Yeah. Oh boy, I messed up. I shouldn't. You know, yeah. you can review. It's like, gee, I I got to change there. You could yeah. look things over. It gives you. But you didn't have a chance to even make, you know, make mistakes yeah. or do different things like, you know, this ain't working or we need to prove here. Well, I mean, I'm, I feel like I've, I've been in like a million transitions in my life, mm -hmm. right? With all the different moves. And so the first year is always pretty tough. Yeah. Right. You're just, yeah. you're trying to find your grounding, get yourself like fully oriented and, uh, and then things kind of move on, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and you yeah. start to embrace it more and they embrace you more and, and you build those relationships and you start to develop a, a rhythm of life mm -hmm. and there's some familiarity and some roots that start to find a little bit of traction. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm so what March, April, May, June, July, August, September, we're middle October. It's yeah. like seven and a half months. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, maybe after a year, but maybe not, yeah, you know, like, I, right. I don't know. This is a very weird way to transition. Okay. You go from place to place, as you mentioned, different assignments already, you know, wherever you go, there you are and you bring yourself and you bring what's important. So let me talk about your own spiritual disciplines, your practices, because that no matter where you go, no matter what situations you face, uh -huh. you always have that. Uh -huh. Right. I mean, that's always, that's gotta be the foundation. That's a stable, that's the stability right there. No matter yeah. where you are, it doesn't matter. You know, the situation, the parish, neighborhood, I have this. So uh, can you share some of your... Um, sure, sure. You know, um, care of that part of your life. I mean, I think... It's so essential. I know the, the first thing for me would be just trying to keep up with my holy hour every day. Yeah, um, an holy hour every day? One of the first things I did was... Uh, I, well, I can't say one of the very first things, but pretty soon after I moved into the rectory, which in our case is, is off campus. 
Um, it's like a 10 minute drive to the well, house. Uh-huh. And I've actually, I've actually really enjoyed that. Do you I, like I, that? I, di- I didn't think I was going to, yeah. I thought it was going to be kind of a pain in the neck. Um, but it's, I mean, it's only 10 minutes and it's, it's actually a nice little kind of buffer, okay. uh, to transition out. Anyway, anyhow, um, I turned one of the bedrooms into a little chapel and there was, a enough stuff in there to kind of make a, a chapel where I could have mass and have a, the blessed sacrament present. You and, have a, a tabernacle. Mm-hmm. So you have a, it's a real quote chapel. And yep. So a holy hour for those who may not know what the heck means holy hour praying that's it i mean, yeah, or, I mean our, so how do you comprise your you know sure an and hour I, I mean there's nothing i don't think uh, absolute about 60 minutes right but i think it's it's a if nothing else it's a good discipline uh-huh. um but you know it if nothing else it, it just gives the lord that much time to do whatever it is that he needs to do that day with you you yeah. know and that uh it might all the action might be right on the front end of that hour and you might spend the rest of it real quiet and maybe not a lot doing. Um, but it might all happen in the last five minutes. You don't want to, you don't want to check out too early. Okay. But again, I'm, I'm, I try not to be, I, I think maybe my, uh, my own proclivities kind of drive me to being kind of a rigorist in that regards. I got to have the 60 minutes, but I think at the end of the day, it's about like, did I come in here and did I give my all, all of my attention to the Lord to make a good start to my day. And that's, um, the difference between the days when I do that and when I don't do that are significant, um, Mm -hmm. significant enough to, even if I have to wake up early and even if I'm not in the mood and even if I'm not particularly alert, it's like, just get in the chapel, father, you know, go and sit down, Benjamin in front of the Lord and let's see what happens. Now, was this promoted in the seminary, the recommendation of making a holy hour or something that you've yeah, heard so, or read on your own? And- I mean, I would say my Eucharistic devotion kind of developed, again, at Holy Name. Right. Um, Adoration Chapel in the parish. Right, right. You know, uh, youth ministry really pumping, you know, the sacraments okay. as you know, reliable mm-hmm. vessels of God's grace. Um, and then, yeah, we had chapel available to us at mm-hmm. the seminary, right. like in our living area. Okay. So it was like, private chapel is just, just for the seminarians. That was great to have around. And we had a, a weekly holy hour as a community. Um, and, and yeah, the spiritual directors of the house and the rector were all kind of saying, Hey, are you staying faithful to your prayer? You know, but like, they didn't say daily, they wouldn't use the term uh, a daily holy hour, just being faithful to prayer. I would say so like, you figure out what that is for you. It would be kind of, um, incur- it would be talked about and kind of encouraged, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't thrown down as like a, an expectation. Okay. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're kind of invited to consider it and, yeah. you know, for sure, being able to make some time for your personal prayer, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Did it need to be 60 minutes in front of the Eucharist? No. Which okay. I think is healthy, right? Because people have different spiritualities and some people they might have done better just walking around the campus on their own for a half an hour um, or sitting in their room praying their rosary for 20 minutes or, you know, so I, I do think that there's... Okay. Uh, there's wiggle room there, you know, but I found that I'm biased, for, but go on though. Yeah. For me, this is the best. I'm biased, but this anyway. And, uh, you know, I was reading, uh, the priest is not his own by Bishop Fulton Sheen. Yes. That had a great impact. And he was talking about He's one know, of really the, the huge well, yeah. kind of importance of the daily holy hour for the priest. And I was like, well, if I'm going to try and be a priest and maybe, maybe this ought to be something yeah. I, I better develop. So in your prayer time, um, I try and make a, on my holy, I, I, I have to do an hour and a half cause I'm so distracted. Because you're ADD like I am. <laughs> so distracted. I need an hour. I have to do an hour. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. My mind. Uh, no, that's like, great. Father. Now I get old, I get tired. But anyway, so what time? 
do you do? An, is there a certain time of the day you do it, or is it when you uh, do you schedule it? Like? Try to do it in the morning as best I can. I would say I know this about myself. When I'm in transition, I'm not yeah. at my best, uh -huh. right? So if I'm perfectly honest with you, the last yeah. few months it has not been like as good as it has been in the past. Okay, right? Um, I would love to tell you that, like, oh yeah, every morning at six a.m. sharp, I'm in the chapel and uh -huh. we get after it, you know. But I would say, <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm waking up and I'm going, okay. I need uh I need some cereal first, you know, or <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's okay, right? I mean, like, but um, every now the what I find is the more I put it off, the more I put it off, right? And then you start to rationalize and justify yeah, your yeah, reasoning, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, all of a sudden you're slipping and you're going, yeah. Hey, why am I having such a rotten week? Oh, well, it's because you haven't been faithful to your prayer, Benjamin. Exactly. Like, come yeah, on, right. get stay, it together. Stick with that. Yeah. I remember read somewhere in I think it was Priest Magazine, fellow priest mentioned he said if a priest doesn't pray in the morning, he doesn't pray. Mm. Because once the day yeah. starts, it's often, you yeah. know. It's like that merry-go-round of ministry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're, at night, I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't <laughs> yeah. want, you know, you're done. Yeah. You just want to wine, put some sometimes, you just want to watch. Just, yeah, you know, 100%. 100%. Right? And that's that's definitely kind of the uh, the disposition at the end of the day is I'm shot. You know, yeah. like, Lord, I, I gave it my all. Yeah. yeah. Now I just need to, like, veg out for a couple hours before I go to bed or it's been so rewarding though if it from that point i go let me just go and un unwind in the chapel for a minute mm -hmm. let's see how it goes that works for you and oh my gosh so like um, some, sometimes that's the most grace-filled kind of thing in the world it's like lord i really meant to to do this and then and i got that emergency call and then somebody stopped in for that confession and then i had to say mass and then somebody else asked for a confession and then i had my appointment and then i had staff meeting and, and then I was, I realized I hadn't eaten anything all day. So I stopped and I ate. And, wow. and one thing, and you get to the end of the day though, and you're like, I really did want to spend this time with you. I feel bad that I'm kind of giving you the version of me that's already spent. Yeah. But he'll take it. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm going to be the, I, I read this, reading the book on prayer by Tim Keller, who's a, I think, Presbyterian minister. Mentioned this, if you had a fatal disease mm. and they give you a pill that you got to take every day. If you don't take it, you die. You can't miss it. You know, yeah. you got to take the pill every day. Yeah. He said, "Would you uh, not get around to it? Would yeah. you forget to take it?" Yeah. I don't think so. And I, right. I try to have that thing about the prayer. It's the same thing. You yeah. Know? For me, I try to. Well, and I think I think you know, anything else is a little bit delusional on our behalf, you know? right? To think like that we can a deal with the disease of our own sin yeah. without being, you know, the branch that's grafted firmly to the vine. Uh huh. Or, or B, to try and do ministry, yeah, right? Yeah. Without like, uh, you know, kind of providing sure. for others out of our overflow rather than from our, I don't know, like, if, if I'm giving them me, that's not what they came for. So yeah. real quick. Please. On, on this prayer hour, people might be interested. Well, what do you do when you're praying? Like, what do you what's do? your prayer format? Do you quiet? You say the rosary? You read your Bible? Yeah, we I mean, do a whole podcast just on this, couldn't we? I guess, yeah. yeah. We're going to really, like, no, so how I, do you occupy I, I your think, time? since you said real quick, I would say, yeah. um, you know, we went to IPF, Institute for Priestly Formation, when we were in seminary. They have a great oh, wow. summer program. It's uh -huh. like a little spiritual boot camp for Beautiful. seminarians. Beautiful. And they've got a, a real easy little overview, I think, kind of an outline for dialogue with uh -huh. the Lord, right? So thoughts, feelings, and desires, right? So I tell people, if you can do a half of the sign of the cross, your head, to your heart, to your hunger, and I'm down in, around my navel here, yeah, you know, then you've got your, an outline for what to talk to God about. And those things flow one into the other. Pre, what, what that is, is just an, 
kind of an outline for what's going on in, on your interior self. Mm-hmm. What am I thinking about? How do I feel about it? What do I want out of this life? And if I'm talking to God about those things and pouring myself out that after I've emptied myself and I can allow myself to be still and to be silent, that those thoughts start to change direction. Sometimes mm-hmm. my feelings for something might increase or decrease. Mm-hmm. My desires kind of uh-huh. start to upend or, you know, right, right. and, and it's the way the Lord's talking back to me. So I try to have that conversation with him every day. Good. Um, the other thing that for me is really good is the Ignatian examine, right? So just that, that step-by-step process of kind of popping in the videotape of looking at my day mm-hmm. with the Lord and what does he think about what's going right. on? Where does he want to pat me on the back? And, I'll, and I, you know, I can kind of rejoice in that affirmation. Right. Where does he kind of want to say, Hey, what about this? What were you thinking there? You know, mm-hmm. Oh Lord, I'm sorry. I know I'm out of step there, you know? Good. Um, that those are always good talking. I, I pray my bravery during my holy hour, right? So morning prayer or office of readings or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, that's that's of course like a you know besides the holy hour, I'd say the bravery and the mass are are both like huge spiritual. Oh, All right. Well, keep it up. Keep foundations. Up that. So any books you're reading right now? Any favorite books? Um, right now, I'm listening to. Oh, it's a uh, it's Audible. Let me check it out. Un Unbroken. Un Un. What is it? So you listen to books on a. Uh, I like Audible. Do you? Um, is there a charge, right? Monthly charge for Audible? It is. Yeah. Unbroken. It's um, it's story of a POW in World War II, but it's like his whole life story. Okay. So you get the whole... I made a movie about it, actually. It's really Sorry. good. Yeah. No, I don't go Audible because when I read something, if I like something, I like to copy and use it. I save stories. Sure, sure, sure. So if I'm listening to it, oh, man, I can't keep it. Yeah. So I, you know... That's my thing. And so uh, how about podcasts? you have any podcasts you like to listen to? Um, nothing real regular. Nothing right? real so regular? So I, I, I listen to my books a little bit. Books? Um, I read a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, podcasts, I'm trying to think. Not lost. really. Okay. Um, I catch some stuff online here and there. All right. I'm just kind of shooting TV the TV shows? Any favorite TV shows? Um, like, now what the Ben likes? What did I like? Oh. You know, I like watch sports. Sports? I don't have a whole lot of shows that no I TV follow. Show. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And you like to cook or learn to I do. cook, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I love to cook. Yeah, okay. um, I, yeah, I found that doing things in the kitchen is is good good for me in a lot it's of like ways. Therapeutic? <laughs> it can be. It can calm. be. Yeah, okay. uh, if, <laughs> if I've kind of got a game plan. But Keeps that's focused. That's the hard part for me is like oh, making time to make the plan and buy the things. And oh. Sometimes it's easier just to open up the fridge and the pantry and what can I do here? Beautiful. The thing that I got into recently... Uh, my my grandpa, um, they're downsizing, and so I was able to go into the garage and get all of his tools. So I'm trying to do like some woodworking and stuff. Wow, good I'm, for you! I'm, I am useless I'm, in that area. I'm pretty good with my hands. Cool, but wonderful. I mean, like we'll see, we'll see what comes of it. You know, that's like, beautiful. Yeah, figure beautiful. as a, as a pastor of Saint Joseph that it would be go. a good there way to go. pass the time. Well, listen, I want to thank you for your time. Yeah, I'm happy to and, do it. Um, only ordained seven years, but already you have it. I would say, you may not say this, but a, a significant impact on our diocese. Man, wow. Thank I think you. you do. You know, if people talk about you, again, it's your youthfulness, your commitment, your dedication. Uh, it, it, it's, it, if people sense it, people feel it, and people 
look to you and you're a hope and inspiration. So may the Lord keep using you, blessing you and especially ministry at St. Joseph. Hopefully one day you'll be yeah. back together yeah. and so they can know who that pastor is yeah. and be in church together. All right. No, so hey, God bless Father you. Tom, I want to say thank you very much because uh, I think without the help of good priests like you, and I mean, it really means a lot coming from you to hear that because of what good care you gave us while we were growing up yeah. the Holy Name. So Alrighty. thank you. Bless you. God bless you too. Hope you enjoy that, everybody, and hope to see you. Tune in next week once again. Thank you, and God bless.